ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله ارسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره الكافرون ولو كره المشركون ولو كره المنافقون اما بعد فقد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال عز وجل في كتابه الكريم لقد جاءكم رسول من انفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم فان تولوا فقل حسبي الله لا اله الا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم Brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the people of Iman with a very specific description. By specific, meaning that He describes them in such a way that precludes any other possibility. Allah Ta'ala says in His book, He says, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانٌ وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ That the believers are none other than those that when Allah Ta'ala is remembered, when Allah Ta'ala is mentioned, their hearts tremble. What does this mean, innamal mu'minun? That the believers are nobody except for the following. The believers are the people who go to Jannah. The word mu'min, the antonym for it is what? Kafir. The mu'min goes to Jannah. Anyone who has iman in his heart goes to where? Jannah. And the kafir goes to where? To the fire. How is that believer described? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is remembered or when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned. Both of these meanings are correct for the word here, dhikr, for dhukira. Wajilat qulubuhum. Their hearts tremble. Their hearts shake. Brothers and sisters, this is a condition, if it's not our condition, we have a problem. The Divine Name has so much barakah wrapped up in it. The Divine Name has so much nur and light in it. The Divine Name is respectfully and reverently referred to in Arabic as Lafzul Jalala. The utterance of majesty. In the Jalala of the the very name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is itself exceptional. When you have a fatha or an alif on a, on a lamb in Arabic, what is the default pronunciation? 
starqiq, that it should be pronounced lightly. But for the name of Allah, it's not Allah. It's what? It's Allah. For the name Allah, it's what? Lafzul Jalala. It's tafkhim. It has fakhama. It has gravitas to it. Why? Because this is the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our forefathers used to be people that used to say Allah, Allah. And it used to mean something to them. How does it mean something? Literally, the, one, of the, one of the expressions for saying the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is prevalent in the Muslim world, is that it's what is dharm. La ilaha illallah. It strikes the heart like a pickaxe strikes rock when mining, like a shovel strikes the ground when digging. Why? Because when the pickaxe strikes, yes, it hits hard and it breaks the rock. That's how you get to the gold. When the shovel hits the ground and you dig one scoop of dirt after the other, what happens eventually? Eventually one day you'll hit water. And this is what's meant by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Hujurat chastising the Bedouins. Don't say that we're believers. Say that we've submitted, we've accepted Islam, we've entered into Islam. And this iman, this faith hasn't entered your heart yet. It requires work, it requires effort. What is the prize? What is the manzil that we're trying to reach? What is the destination we're trying to reach? That we are those people when Allah Ta'ala is mentioned, their hearts tremble. We are those people that when someone says, fear Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, no matter who it is, whether the person is sincere or not. We don't think about the person, we think about Allah. Sometimes people say that, they say it to you, they say fear Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, they're just disingenuous, they're just trying to deflect. To the person, that the deflector is more important, that person will remember the deflector. To the person who Allah Ta'ala is more important, that person will re remember Allah. This is not something that, you know, like I wake up and today I feel really pious and like today I wake up and I don't feel pious and so like maybe I'm not a believer. No, it requires work, it requires effort. Just like a person who digs one scoop of dirt or two scoops of dirt, that person is not going to hit water. And the hearts are different. Some people, their hearts are very soft and very sensitive. A little bit of work and you see that person starts to cry. Some people, their hearts are like rock. And the rock runs very deep. And we don't say that one person is better than the other. No. Maybe the person who does a little effort and cries, that person will do a little bit of effort, have a little bit of a cry and that's it, they gave up. They said, I got it made. Whereas the person who has sincere love for Allah, that person will make 40 years of effort digging at the rock inside of their heart with iman and yaqeen that one day I will hit the water. And when they hit it, those people are the Ahlullah. What do you think Sayyidina Umar who was a pious man before he met the Prophet Our history is replete with the hard, and this is the bigger they are, the harder they fall. The hard tawbah of those people who put in great amounts of effort in order to reach something, and the more effort they put into it, the sweeter the result was. And when our 
signs are mentioned to them and when the, particularly the signs, the verses of the Qur'an are read to them, it increases them in faith. And they're the ones who trust in their Lord. The promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if I keep the sacred law, if I keep the sharia, it will be better for me. Not that, oh, you know, that's not a hadith. Even though we act like it, it's not. It's not a hadith. It's not an eye of the Qur'an. That it's permissible to do in America what's not permissible in every other place. What they call exceptionalism, which is not very exceptional at all. Rather know that we trust that if I don't transact in the haram money, if I don't eat the haram, if I don't look at the haram, if I don't listen to the haram, it will be better for me, even though in the short term it may give me some difficulty. Rasulullah in a hadith narrated by Hakim, Zahabi gives uh, uh, his uh, endorsement for it, for its siha, for its authenticity. Narrated by Ibn Khuzayma, narrated by Bayhaqi uh, and others. The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa said what? He said in a hadith on Sayyidina Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu qala, La yashba'u mu'minun sami'a khayran hatta yakuna muntahahu al-jannah. That the believer, it's a beautiful hadith, it's a beautiful hadith, that the believer will never satiate, will never be satisfied when he hears good. He will keep wanting to hear good more and more and more. He will never be satisfied from it. He will never tire of hearing the Qur'an. He will never tire of hearing the hadith of the Prophet Yes, our forefathers used to sit and read the books of hadith. Sometimes in this very masjid we can barely, we can barely sit through one or two ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ being read without interruption. People used to hear Bukhari, people used to hear Muslims, people used to hear the Siha Sitta, not just one hadith or two hadith, and not just the ulama. The awam used to come, people used to come, families from the villages would come to the Jamia Umawiyah, they would come to Salihiyah, to the different Madaris of Damascus, the different Madaris of Cairo, the different Madaris of the different metropoli of the Muslim world, to hear the Kalam of the Prophet There was a time, you see the Haramin Sharifain? Now it's become plastic. Now people ask each other, which hotel did you stay at? How was your buffet? There was a time there was no hotels. Not long ago, people who are alive now remember that time. There was a time there was no buffets. There was, of course, food to eat. But there were no buffets. No one asked about what buffet you went to. But what they did have is in the Masjid al-Haram. You know those old pillars? Some of them they still kept, mashallah, they're beautiful. The new part is beautiful as well. Medina Munawwara, the pillars of the old masjid. At every pillar was a different scholar, was a different alim from the Darul Islam. And people used to sit and listen to them. People used to sit and listen to them. Lecture about fiqh. Lecture about hadith. Lecture about tafsir. Lecture about aqidah. Lecture about ilmul kalam. Yes? For centuries, continuously, people used to listen to those things. Why? Because of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's pronouncement. La yashba'u mu'minun. Sami'a khayran hatta yakuna muntahahul jannah. The believer will never satisfy, will never be satiated from it. 
And the problem is what? We're not in that situation, we're not in that condition. Even this khutbah right now, someone's looking at their phone. Even this khutbah now, somebody sits and they face away from the khatib. If you don't want to listen to the khatib, go to the khatib you want to listen to. If you don't want to, if you don't like the imam in this masjid, go to the imam that you like. If you don't like one thing, go to the one that you do. But you have to sit and make a habit out of all of these things. And the thing is, we know this is true. Anyone who's played sports before, anybody who's lifted weights before, anyone who's gone running before, knows the first time you play, you're not very good at the game, and you're not going to enjoy it as much. The first time you go to the gym, you're going to lift the bar, and you're going to come home and be a complete wreck. The first time you go for a run, you're not going to be able to run a marathon. You have to put in a little bit of work. And then you see those people, those cross-country runners, they're like a little bit uh, wonky in the head because they go out for a run for fun. You see those lifters, they're able to lift so much weight that it bends the bar. They all started from somewhere. You see those kids playing basketball, playing uh, soccer. And then one day they become professionals and they do things without even having to think about them. You have to put in a little bit of effort. Now tell me, that person who's in great shape, that person who can bench press 400 pounds, that person who can run a mile in less than four minutes or five minutes, that person who can play ball until the different teams of the NBA will fight over him. Do you think it wasn't worth it for them? They're going to say, yeah, I put in too much time, it's a waste of No, they got good at it. They got so good at it that it was beautiful. And you know what? There is someone good at everything. Not just a person, the creation of Allah Ta'ala. A fish is good at swimming. A bird is good at flying. A pig is good at eating filth and acting disgusting. What were you made for? Were you made so that in front of everybody, Yom Al-Qiyamah, people will say this person was good at watching TV and good at looking at their phone? Trust me, I'm not judging you. The TV and the phone are just as entertaining to me as they are to another person. But this idea that a person will have this attraction to the haq, to the good, you have to hustle, you have to get out of your house, you have to go and find those people, find those places, find those lectures, find those ulama, find those awliya, find those salihin, find those people who will say the good word. You have to find them, you have to take your children, you have to sit and listen. And our forefathers did it. This is how they made the civilization that they did. This is why the Haramain Sharifain were filled with ulama, whereas now they're filled with shopping bags. And it's not haram to go shopping, but how sad would it be to trade one for the other? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst the people who wake up with the haq and go to sleep with the haq. That the haq is in our ears and it's in our eyes. And the haq is what we read and it's what we write. And the haq is the thing that we love. And the haq is more important than all of those things. Haq Allah, that this haq is, takes up residence in the heart and it pushes out everything else. That it's our love. It's the thing that gives us happiness. It's the thing that gives us comfort. It's the thing that gives us solace. So that every breath of our life, including the most precious, which is our last one, that it has this divine name in it, Allah, Allah. That we be the people, their hearts tremble when Allah Ta'ala is mentioned. And that when our ayat are, are, are seen and witnessed and rehearsed and heard and recited, 
It increases them in faith. And that we, through the barakah of those two, be the, from the ones that have trust in the Lord.